what a business really needs to look at is what is my excess capacity? And if you look at global businesses, there's about $3 trillion annually worth of excess capacity. So that is all unrealized revenue that barter could be partially a solution for in order to bring that closer to a greater capacity for each and every business that's out there. Hi, everyone. Are you a new or small business looking to minimize your costs, increase your business, and get referrals from other businesses in your community? Or maybe you're a bigger business or even a conglomerate looking to reduce your excess capacity by providing and receiving products or services from other businesses willing to trade with you. If this sounds like something you're interested in learning more about, please join us for this episode, number 111, of Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. My guest expert, Maria Worth, will share her expertise on something you're all likely familiar with, but perhaps only to a very limited degree. I'm speaking about bartering and barter exchanges. On this episode, Maria will share her knowledge and experience about such things as what is a barter exchange and what benefits can it offer to those who belong to it? Where do barter exchanges exist around the globe? And what opportunities might exist for you or your organization in running or participating in a barter exchange? Of course, in typical looking forward fashion, you'll also get some tips on steps you can take to start capitalizing on these opportunities. Maria Worth is a founding partner of Business Owners Trade Alliance, or BOTA, a barter exchange with member businesses throughout eastern and central Pennsylvania in the United States. BOTA has been in operation since 2012. Maria is also on the board of the International Reciprocal Trade Association, which represents over 75,000 businesses engaging in trade and barter worldwide. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. If that describes you, then this is the podcast for you. If you're a freelancer, a startup or small business, a well-established company, a nonprofit, or even someone thinking about a second or possibly a third career, this is for you too. You see, here in Looking Forward, we focus on global trends in the future, but most importantly, on the opportunities they're creating. Yes, we're all about opportunities here. Our guest experts will not only tell you about those opportunities, they will also give you some tips to help you take the first steps toward capitalizing on them. I'm your host, Jeff Ostroff. Well, hi, Maria. Welcome to Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. Hi, Jeff. Nice to be here today. Well, it's wonderful to have you on. This is a topic I really don't know much about. We're going to talk about barter exchanges, of course, and bartering. And when I think about that, I think about, well, yeah, I have a plumber down the street. And I might be able to tutor his or her child. So I say, Susie or Harry, can you come over, fix my sink problem, and I'll teach Spanish to your daughter. Like, that's what I'm used to with bartering. But I know you're talking about something that's very much different and bigger. Given that you're an expert on 
barter exchanges. Can you please share with us precisely what you mean, Maria, by a border exchange? Barter exchange takes the concept of bartering, as you described, the plumber and the tutor who are trading one-on-one, and it simply creates exponentially greater opportunities with the introduction of trade dollars. So what that does is it makes it possible for an entire group of businesses to all agree to trade amongst one another, but not necessarily have to trade directly with the person that buys from them. So in your example, the plumber, let's say he doesn't have a daughter and or his daughter doesn't want to learn Spanish. So at that point, the whole bartering would just fall apart and they really couldn't do business. In a barter exchange, the plumber can do the work for the tutor and then the tutor can teach someone else's child, let's say the website designer's child. And so what's happening when someone makes a sale or takes care of another member is that the trade dollars are transferred from one account to another. So that person is paid the same as cash price for their service. And then they can turn around and they can spend those trade dollars with any member within the entire group. That's a barter exchange as opposed to direct, traditional, old-fashioned, one-on-one barter. Okay. Just to have you comment a little further on that, can you speak a little bit more about the trade dollars? That seems to be the thing that's different here, Maria. Yeah. Trade dollars are equal to an American dollar or equal to whatever the country's currency is that the barter exchange exists in. A trade dollar, it really acts the same as cash. When someone is doing a sale, they're simply taking those trade dollars and they're being digitally transferred from one account to the other. So think of it like everyone is part of the same bank and the funds are being transferred from one bank account to another. Except in this case, instead of them being cash dollars, they're trade credits or trade dollars. Okay, that's very good. So in the case of the plumber, he didn't get anything back from his neighbor who was going to tutor. So the plumber gets the trade dollars? Correct. Okay. Let's say it's a $1,000 job. Okay. So the plumber does a $1,000 job for the tutor and... He now has $1,000 in his trade account to spend. And in his world, he might be looking for some advertising. So he does $500 worth of advertising. He has $500 left. He decides to get a $100 gift card for one of his employees. And he decides to get $200 worth of massage for his wife. So those are just some examples of how he could use his trade Obviously, there are thousands of ways, depending on what all of the members offer. And just to clarify one other thing, the neighbor, it might have been me in in the example, I get the benefit of the plumber's services. Is that my benefit as I didn't pay for the plumber? What, What was my benefit on the receiving end since I didn't give him or her anything in return? Right. The benefit to everyone is that they're saving cash. Cash is staying in their bank account, so they're developing another revenue stream that they didn't have to fight for. They didn't have to put out advertising to get because a barter exchange is a membership where people are all agreed to work on that same platform 
And so it's a lot easier to get sales. You're not fighting with all of your competitors out in the marketplace because it's a smaller group. So you get a lot of benefit from that, from the exclusivity of being part of a smaller marketplace and also the advantage that you're offering something on trade versus someone having to pull cash out of their bank account and drain their operating capital. So all things being equal, if one person, say they're a web designer, is a member of an exchange Mm -hmm. and somebody else is a plumber and a member of the exchange, they are therefore more inclined if they need that kind of service to go to that person who's within the exchange? Yeah, absolutely. Because for a couple of reasons, obviously, if you had a choice, if you were a restaurant and you made pizzas and someone came to you and said, look, I'd like to do your roof. I'm looking for roofing projects. And I'll give you two options. You can either pay me cash or you can pay me in pizzas. No restaurateur anywhere would say, I'd rather pay you cash because they understand that the pizzas represent their actual raw cost of goods. By bartering, they're saving themselves anywhere between 70 to 75%, depending on what their cost of goods is to produce those pizzas. So that's a huge savings of cash. Bartering is always going to win from that standpoint. So it definitely gives someone a leg up against their competitors to offer things on trade versus only offering them for cash. Okay. How did you get involved in this the business of bartering, I'll call it. I mean, we all try to barter and some of us have bartered, but this is a business here. How'd you get involved in it? Well, I've been a business owner since I was 25. And in my first business, I was actually someone that did craft shows and people walked up to me and they'd say, hey, I have this stuff, whatever it was, jewelry, gifts. Would you like to barter? I was like, yeah, (laughs) definitely. That's great. I love it. All my things in my home were bartered for. And it was always just a really positive experience because I knew that that person liked what I did to the point where they came up to me and they wanted to barter. So I had this great positive experience with barter throughout my life in that business. And in like 2008, 2009, I was in real estate and banks were not loaning money to anyone. A lot of my investors were business owners. And I saw that they're really... There needed to be a solution for business owners to be able to move forward without fear to continue to purchase things that would prosper their business. And it came to me that that was something that had worked for me in the past. And I ran across another barter company, which is out in the Pacific Northwest. And I was just fascinated by what they were doing. And then I realized that there were barter companies all throughout the United States and as I came to know later all throughout the world and decided that it was something I'd like to do. So I did a lot of research. I um, actually consulted with an economist about the financial aspect of it. And I met my business partner who was involved in business consulting. And in 2010, we started the company and we've been doing it ever since. Fascinating. It started out with your own personal experiences in bartering, and that led ultimately to your exploring the business and checking the landscape out, speaking with uh, an economist and, and getting into it. If you could just clarify something, I'm somebody who decides to join an exchange, whether it's yours or somebody else's barter exchange, 
I understand that I could be doing business with other people in the exchange. We help each other out. That's very clear to me. What I'd like to have you talk about is, does it do anything for me outside of that in terms of my business? Because obviously only so many businesses will be in it. And you have a lot of consumers who have nothing to do with these businesses, or maybe they do, but they're not in them. What does it do for me otherwise? I'll answer that because there's really two things. Number one, most business owners will tell you that they've grown through word of mouth advertising. So when they get out there and they serve a customer, let's say it's a roofer, and they go out and they do a job in a neighborhood, the neighbors don't know how that roof was paid, if it was paid in trade dollars or in pesos or by cash check, whatever. That's an opportunity for someone to get into a new neighborhood and to potentially get cash jobs in that neighborhood or from the friends, relatives of that person who will then refer them. And I know for a fact this happens because it's simply something that I've been told and every business owner that I know, if they're surveyed, they'll say word of mouth is the greatest way that they've grown. That's one thing. And secondly, in a lot of cases, the only time that somebody will have the opportunity to use barter is the time that they're getting the gift card, which is maybe a gift to them as an employee, or they're at a catered event and they're a guest and the person holding that event is the only one that has trade dollars to spend. So if they like that catering, they're a cash customer, a potential cash customer for that caterer. So those are a couple of ways that trade leads to cash. And if it didn't, honestly, it wouldn't probably be as popular, but we know it does because people are referring people to cash customers. Secondly, by advertising. Advertising is a roulette wheel that People usually don't like a whole lot paying cash for. And if there's a way to not pay cash for advertising, which is what we're able to do, that's another way to lead to cash business. If someone is doing $100,000 worth of advertising a year, certainly makes more sense to pay for that in trade versus paying for that in cash. Okay. Would people find out about the businesses that are in an exchange through advertising if they weren't in the exchange, or is it basically advertising within the exchange? Well, what I mean by advertising is someone who's using their trade dollars to buy billboards and buy magazine advertising to be in USA Today and Wall Street Journal and have the digital billboard in Times Square or in Inc. Magazine or any one of thousands of major media and local media that's available using trade dollars that are earned. That's what I mean by advertising. I mean, actual advertising. Actual advertising using the trade dollars that you have earned and putting that into advertising. Correct. Maria, one of the things we look at on Looking Forward is trends. I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about what trends are having an impact on the border exchange industry these days. Well, the trends are actually quite interesting globally because certain countries are actually very open to the concept of what we call community currency. And community currency is a little bit different from trade dollars in a barter exchange in that they're usually issued by a community, a town or a county or an area or even a country. And the whole idea behind the community currency is to support local. 
Right now, there's an initiative in Italy where they are supporting local businesses and they are giving community currency to welfare recipients in Italy so that the dollars are going to stay more local. That, I think, is an exciting use of our concept by governments and not just by private individuals like myself who run barter companies and support local businesses that way. And as far as the growth of our industry, we see really the only struggle that we have is that a lot of people just simply don't know that we exist. So we're educating people one by one. And it's great to have a platform where we can speak about this because I would love to see more barter exchanges out there that we can then trade with. Because right now we have over a hundred and most of them are in the US and Canada. We have some trading partners that are in Australia, in other countries, in Europe, in South America. So we do have some global trade opportunities, but I would love to see more of them because that would simply expand opportunities for both our local members, the people that we represent, and also for others out there that we could connect with, whether we're buying from them or we're selling to them. Okay. I want to throw a couple of other things at you relative to trends. These would be more macro type trends. Certain businesses are very susceptible to the economy of their given area, country, whatever. Also, many businesses are very much challenged by competition. You mentioned, well, if there's 25 other plumbers, et cetera, et cetera. Right now, the economies around the world, many of them are, are having a tougher time, some more so than others. Competition probably is just as hot as it's ever been, whether it's a professional white collar type or the trades business. Where do those trends, those more macro trends fit in now with barter exchanges? Well, barter definitely flourishes in countries when there's high inflation, when people are having a hard time affording things. You'll find, you know, barter marketplaces that will uh, come about where people will actually bring their things and they'll trade them in the village marketplaces. And you'll find that people are more willing to work together in order to get what they want. Because, you know, when you have a big pile of cash at that point, you know, you're less inclined to cut any kind of deals. However, with that being said, there are very few businesses that operate at maximum capacity. And barter is definitely something that makes sense when you have any kind of excess capacity. If a hotel is only ever occupied at 85% capacity, then that means they constantly have 15% of dead capital that is lost revenue that will never be gained again because once that night passes, you're never going to make money on that hotel room. So what a business really needs to look at is what is my excess capacity? And if you look at global businesses, there's about $3 trillion annually worth of excess capacity. So that is all unrealized revenue that barter could be partially a solution for in order to bring that closer to a greater capacity for each and every business that's out there. That's a phenomenal statistic. Maria, when you talk about 
as an example, a hotel room. It's just so palpable. You can really understand what you're saying there because it's unused capacity and it's gone. I really hope you're enjoying this episode so far. If you are, can you please do me a small favor? Let some of your family members, friends, or others in your network know about it and about looking forward opportunities for job, career, business, and investment seekers. And hey, if you happen to like this podcast, my interviewing approach, or maybe even my voice, please consider checking out some of the many services my business provides. These include podcast hosting, creation and consulting, voiceovers, professional interviewing, production of audio or video profiles to help you sell your business, promote your services, increase your customers, or raise funding, event hosting and meeting facilitation, and services to help you market to the large and growing seniors population. That's something I've actually written a book about. To learn more, please visit www.jeff-ostroff.com. You can also email me at jeff at jeff-ostroff.com. Now let's get back to this episode of Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. You touched on the international nature of board exchanges. Looking Forward is a globally oriented podcast. I know that you are actively involved, or in fact, on the board of the International Reciprocal Trade Association. Can you just briefly talk about the global nature of this? Who's embracing it and maybe who isn't yet embracing it? Where is it? Where isn't it? Well, the International Reciprocal Trade Association has been around for 40 years, and they are a governing regulating body for the barter exchange industry and also advocating for barter worldwide in situations that I mentioned, countries where barter flourishes in communities. They help communities to develop their own barter systems. And as far as the global nature of it, there are barter exchanges and members of IRTA that are throughout the world. And at our last convention, we had folks there from Australia. We had someone there from Turkey with his interpreter. So it really is truly like a little United Nations of barter. Fascinating. Now we get to the real hub of looking forward, which is about opportunities. What opportunities, Maria, do you think that a barter exchange would offer to any of the following groups? You don't have to talk about all of them. Job and career seekers, entrepreneurs, freelancers, small businesses, or investors. What might be helpful would be, in at least one case, maybe give us an example. Sure. Well, freelancers are essentially solopreneur entrepreneurs. We have a lot of those. We work with startups that don't have capital to get their website done, their signage, to get their brick and mortar store renovated, all the things that cost a lot of money when you're starting a business. So for someone starting a business, if we're able to get them at the early stages before they've had to blow all of their investment capital, it's a wonderful thing because it helps them to be more stable and to have more cash down the road for a rainy day if they need to do other things because a lot of people are not well capitalized when they do start a business. And it's a fact that 
probably most business owners have perhaps too positive of a spin on how easy it's going to be to build their business and they don't expect it to cost so much. So if we can save a significant amount of money for them in the beginning, that just is better for them down the road because they're simply safer to have more in their bank as opposed to having spent it already and be out of luck at that point sometimes. Okay. That's one of the biggest things that actually will destroy a relatively new business is cash flow. And we're able to help with that. So that's one place that I'd like to be able to help more people get to people before they've spent all of their cash in starting their business. In terms of entrepreneurs, everyone that we're working with is a business owner. And we work with business owners of really who have companies of all types and sizes from advertising and marketing through construction, cleaning, auto transportation, health, beauty, restaurants, entertainment, travel, hotels. I mean, pretty much every business category that has a commodity that is tradable. Is there an opportunity for someone like yourself, but not located where you are, Mm -hmm. to start one of these exchanges? Yep, absolutely. We started from business number one. (laughs) Okay. That's where it starts. Uh, You're creating a community. You have to have a belief in what you're doing and you have to have a solid set of rules so you know that everyone is going to be treated the same way. And I think that's the case in any community is that you want to have that sense that everyone is benefiting equally in their rules. And so if I had to give advice to anyone who wanted to start a barter company, I'd say, that that would be my biggest advice is to stick to your principles. What makes sense to you in the beginning should continue to make sense, even if it's harder than bending. Okay. What you're saying is there are, I'll just say pockets, but they may be bigger than pockets of areas in the United States and outside of the United States where the potential to start a barter exchange exists Yes, for somebody. Definitely the potential exists in thousands and thousands of towns, communities all throughout the world. That's exciting. Now we want to get to the other aspect of looking forward, which ties into what we were just talking about, which is looking into the future. Nobody has a crystal ball that works perfectly right here, but you know more about this than most people do, that's for sure. And you know a lot more than I know about it. What's your best guess as to how barter exchanges might play a role in business through the rest of this decade? What we're trying to do today in one sense is make people more aware of what barter exchanges are and the opportunities that they offer. Yeah. Do you see any momentum with that where there will really be opportunities, more people will embrace this, more people will be aware of it through the decade? I definitely think so. And one of the examples of that is one of our members in Erda, and that's the Jim Pattison Group. The Jim Pattison Group is a billion-dollar conglomerate, the second largest company in Canada. And there's a huge opportunity for corporations to unite under the same principle of a barter exchange, which is a universal currency, so that we have access to literally thousands and thousands of different types of products and companies. And that's something that we're pursuing. 
on the board of Erna to get more corporations involved in our concept. For those who aren't familiar with Jim Pattison Group, can you explain who they are? Jim Pattison Group is the second largest conglomerate in Canada. The trade director for the Jim Pattison Group is actually also the newly elected chairman of the board of Erda, Robin Maney. And Robin has been in the barter industry for many, many years. He was actually in Australia and running a barter company down there. And he was hired on by Jim Pattison, who was forward thinking enough to see that barter could play an incredible role in his company and his group of companies. He owns Ripley's Believe It or Not franchise. He also owns the largest uh, canning operation in Alaska and Canada and multiple other companies, logistic companies, media companies. I could go on and on. It's kind of like the Canadian Procter and Gamble, if you will. He saw the value of that and the value was there for other corporations and conglomerates to get involved and to utilize their excess capacity and take advantage of the things that are available already, which are incredible, <laughs> quite frankly. Erda represents over 75,000 businesses just in the U.S. and Canada, and then also overseas. So there are already a huge amount of businesses that we're serving, but in order to grow, that's an area that we would like to target to uh, reach out to more conglomerates like the Jim Pattison Group. Well, what's very interesting about this is we've really been focusing on the opportunities that relate to the smaller groups, the small businesses, the entrepreneurs, but there is in fact also a large opportunity for bigger businesses who you also mentioned earlier are engaging, some of them are engaging in bordering right now. Yes. Very interesting. Maria, we don't like to just talk about opportunities and trends in the future on this podcast, we like to give our listeners a few tips to kind of get them moving forward. What are some tips that you might give somebody who either might be looking to become part of an exchange like yours, no matter where they are, they couldn't be in yours, but they might be in another one, or maybe they want to start an exchange. Mm -hmm. What should they think about? What steps initially might they want to take? Right. If it's someone who has a business and just thinks the idea might work for them, then I would say the first step would be to look at the Erda website. And I find to be involved with a relatively local group to make the most sense, because if you're going to take advantage of a plumber and you're in Michigan, probably doesn't make sense to join our Pennsylvania barter company. So <laughs> whenever I run across someone in my networking and social media which is national, and someone is in a different area, I will usually look on Google Maps and see where is my closest trusted trading partner in that state and direct them to that person. That's the first thing is to try to find someone that is local. If there is not a local barter company for one to work with, then depending on what one does, it might make sense to work with someone out of the area. A website designer, for instance, doesn't necessarily have to. Their, their clients could be national or even international. And as long as that person is willing to accept those limitations, they'll just go on worldwide vacations with their barter dollars or they'll purchase things online You know that can be shipped to them. So there's still an opportunity, even if you're in 
a state or a country that there's really no access to a local barter exchange. That would be my advice for someone who's looking to join a barter exchange. Secondly, you want to look at what's available. You know, if there's nothing that's available in that exchange that makes sense for you and your business, then it might not be a good fit. On the one side of the coin, can they send you business depending on what you do? And on the other side of the coin, are there things that you would want to use your trade dollars for once you earn them? Okay. What I want to make sure is clear, bartering and barter exchanges are not just for local retailers. They're not just for people who do web design. They could be for, lack of a better term, a white collar professional might also be involved. This is not limited to certain kinds of industries or professions. Am I correct? That's correct. We have attorneys and accountants and business consultants. And honestly, if you threw a category at me, I would probably say, yes, we have that. (laughs) Well, I'll try to think about one. (laughs) (laughs) But not now, not now. Well, let's put it this way. Every barter exchange has probably its own spin. Okay, excellent. What's the best way, Maria, for our listeners to get in touch with you, learn more about what you do, about business owners, trade alliance, the International Reciprocal Trade Association? Yep, the IRTL, the International Reciprocal Trade Association, a tongue twister. Yeah, it's a tongue twister, (laughs) and I might have even done it right there. How can they get in touch with them and you? And I'm assuming that Erda might have a list of where these exchanges are if they want to get in touch with an exchange. Anything else that you'd want to share with them would be very appreciated. Sure. Business Owners Trade Alliance, our company is located in eastern and central Pennsylvania. Anyone that is within this area or the tri-state surrounding eastern Pennsylvania, they would be able to contact us by going to our website, which is www.botatrade.com, B-O-T-A-T-R-A-D-E.com. And anyone who is interested in taking a look at ERTA and their website, the website is www.erta.com, I-R-T-A.com. And there you will find information about how to contact Ron Whitney, who is the president and CEO, and can help someone who's interested in starting a barter company or someone who has a barter exchange who is not yet a part of our ERDA community. That would be very helpful. Maria, this has been terrific. You have educated me on something I knew very little about until I met you. And I'm sure that you have provided some great information to many people who maybe have heard about bartering, but not so much the way that these barter exchanges function. So thank you so much for being a great guest expert on looking forward opportunities for job career, business, and investment seekers. Thank you, Jeff, for the opportunity to be here. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. I hope you've enjoyed it and will benefit from it. And if you did like it, please share this episode with anyone you know who you think might also find it of value. And if you have any comments or questions about Looking Forward or any suggestions for future topics or guest experts, you can reach me at the website www.jeff-ostroff.com 
or through my email address, jeff at jeff-ostroff.com. Thanks.